Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now What's up, and welcome to another exciting edition of Bearded B-Roll. I'm Kyle. And I'm Mike, just two bearded dudes here to chat about all the movies you love, hate, don't mind, or simply never heard of. Alright, so Nicolas Cage. Welcome back to another episode of Bearded B-Roll. On this week's Freaky Friday, we'll be talking about Willy's Wonderland, starring Nicolas Cage. From 2021. From 2021, directed by Kevin Lewis. Don't know who that is, and Mike hates when I do stuff like that. So it had a budget of $5 million, and get this, at the box office, it brought in $418,000. I feel like that's a win. You said the budget was $5 million? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm confused about the box office thing anyway, because when you look it up on IMDb, the rating is TVMA. It's because it went from being a movie that was released, or going to be released, to COVID happening, to then going straight to DVD. But if you remember, uh, at the very beginning of COVID, when they were doing that, they were still also releasing things to like Amazon, but also to movie theaters at the same time. Yeah. So on IMDb, it has a score of 5.6 out of 10. It's a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. Well, the 5.6 is the user rating. The Metacritic score on IMDb is only 44 out of 100. Well, I was getting to that part. Sorry. And this movie has not one, but two plots. These are the only notes I took, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first plot is Nick Cage, the silent protagonist, hired to clean an abandoned fun center full of killer animatronics possessed by a gang of serial killers in order to get his flat tire repaired on his car. All four tires. All four tires. The side plot is a group of teens led by Liv, Emily Tosta. I'm sure that's not how you say that. I think it's right. Trying to destroy Willy's Wonderland, only to have most of them killed in an attempt to save Nick Cage. And then two of them decide to just stop everything they're doing and have sex right in the middle of like... That that made so much sense to me. I'm not even kidding. You're in a building (laughs) full of crazy animatronics. You've already seen one try to kill someone. If not, I think one of their friends had already died at this point in front of them. Why not stop? Go into the room that you know the legend is about and have sex. The whole time watching an animatronic watching you, knowing that it's got a live demon inside of it or whatever, and they kill people and just being like, it's fine. What was that movie where you were talking about the couple shooting? Oh, shoot them up when they're having sex and shooting everybody at the same time. That would have been the only appropriate way to have sex in this movie. Yeah. 
That was great. That was a good movie. This was weird. That was unnecessary. And, and it wasn't even like a good sex scene. Like I don't remember there being boobies. I'm pretty sure they were clothed. It was intercut with like shots of other things that were happening, and it was it was very unnecessary. A lot actually, the whole plot with the girl and her friends was unnecessary because like at the heart of it, it's really just about Nicolas Cage, guy driving around in his what was it a Charger? No, it was a Camaro. It was a black Camaro. Camaro. No, it was a blue Camaro. <sighs> Fine, a new dark blue Camaro. Let's meet halfway. And he's driving around. He hits some uh, spikes in the road that were set out as like obviously a trap to get him there. No, and, punk kids stole from the sheriff and they did it. But you know that's not true, right? Obviously. <laughs> okay. And he has an obsession with like a fruit punch energy drink. I think it's just soda. Either that or he's me because I have an obsession with a fruit punch energy drink. Staring at four empty cans in my living room right now. <laughs> Is it fruit punch? Yeah, dude, I only drink Fruit Punch Rockstar. Not sponsored. I wish they would. Do you set your watch and drink it when your watch goes off? I drink it every four hours. According to the trivia on this one, uh, the can has a fistful of caffeine for your kisser printed somewhere on it. That makes sense, because I think there's a picture of a fist. Yeah. I mean, I got the impression that it was like an energy drink, just... Well, what's really great is the fact that Rockstar's Fruit Punch is Rockstar punched. Like, punched like a punch. So this I is get it. totally relevant. It's great. <laughs> so Nicholas Cage does not speak even not once. One time. Yeah, which is my favorite. Like cuz 100% this is based off a of video game. It's it's totally based off of like Five Nights at Freddy. Oh, without a doubt. Even though they claim it's not. <laughs> the idea of a silent protagonist is like a video game trope at this point that people are actually just like, "Can you just make him talk again?" I don't care if it just says random shit that I don't have control over. Just this is weird. <laughs> I don't think he even nods or makes any hands. No, gestures. he just stares at them and they're like, yep, yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> and what's funny is he's like this badass monster Camaro driving air soda drinking dude who loves pinball. And he gets to like his job. We're like, here's a t shirt. And he's like, hell yeah, I'll put that on. I'm not a badass. Yeah, no, he was cool with the t-shirt. Even when he got the t-shirt dirty later, his he first thing it. was like, yeah, go put on a fresh one. And I love how duct tape was like the cure-all panacea for like everything in this movie. Got cut on your face, duct tape. Got a cut on your side, wrap your whole body in duct tape. Put your shirt on, continue cleaning. Yeah, I love how he never stopped cleaning. Like He was awesome at cleaning. The animatronics were just like in the way of his cleaning. He's like, oh my God. He's like, I'd be Stop. fucking done already if it wasn't for these guys. I have to keep cleaning the mess that I make with these guys. <laughs> but that bathroom was spotless by the... T- How did he not see the giant gorilla hiding about- above the stall? <laughs> How did he the not see white. most of it? They're giant, the lights were on. They're giant robots. There's no way it's quiet. They didn't sneak up on him. Yeah. What did the ostrich say? I'm going to eat your face. And he's yeah. Like, I'm oh, gonna say nothing, it. and I'm gonna. Punch I love how it. he turns a broom into collie sticks, or like a mop into collie sticks. But like the mop head is just gone, and it's actually just collie sticks. We get no background either <laughs> on this character, and yet somehow he is like just a tank, basically. I I, I just think it's hilarious because the whole time, like every now and then, somebody comes, like the sheriff shows up, and she's like, "The fuck are you doing? Stop killing them and just die!" But like, wait, wait, wait. What do you want the robots to just be? He's doing you a favor yeah i'm confused about that too because later the sheriff's like 
well, we didn't want to fight him because that would have turned into a whole war and it, there would have been countless lives lost trying to kill him. Meanwhile, there's like one guy hopped up on Fruit Punch Energy Drink, taking everything out with a mop and like a roll of duct tape. Or just his and, bare hands. Yeah, and her first thought is like, oh, I better stop him from killing any more of him instead of like, you know what? Let me help. Like, yeah, for real. Made no sense whatsoever. The only reason he almost lost to Willie was because of the fact that he was handcuffed for it. <laughs> and he only almost lost. Yeah, no, he still he still did very well. So then there's the whole subplot of Liv. Uh, and they try, I don't know, like they try to do a flashback kind of like, oh, here's what happened kind of a thing. But like, my question is, because so Liv was uh, quote unquote adopted by the sheriff after Liv's real birth parents had been sacrificed to the uh, animatronic gods. And for some reason, even though those, those serial killers like were obsessed with killing children specifically, they left her alone. They either didn't see her or whatever, but it's not like they went to sleep. My question is, why didn't the sheriff just lock her back in there and be like, Willie, she's all yours. You got one more. She doesn't seem to even like the girl. She, she's just like, it's an albatross for her. Like, oh, I have to take care of this thing now. And it's like, Willie could have taken care of this thing pretty quick. Yeah, you could have just left it there. This this whole part of them trying to burn this down would be over. It's also like the worst friends group in the history of friends group. Like they didn't make sense. Like I get like they went with like the tropes. There was like the jock guy, the mm-hmm. ditzy blonde girl, the dude who was just chasing the puss, and then like the brave heroic female lead, like Ellen Ripley. <laughs> But, like, none of them seemed like they would be friends. No, they, they definitely went for, like, we're going to go diversity and, and inclusion, and we're not going to give a flying fuck if any of these people have on-screen chemistry whatsoever. Yeah. Except for that, then they definitely got a bang right after watching their friend get stabbed by a giant knight sword. What about that one animatronic one that's like, I'm not like the others. I'm really, really nice. You just have to get to know me. I love the fact that there's two female animatronics, but when they show how many serial killers, there's just five dudes. There's two dudes and lady robots, and they're just acting like lady robots. It's a good point. They've accepted it, especially like the fairy one, <laughs> who somehow morphs its robot face. Yeah, the fairy one did not play by the rules of the other animatronics. She was like supernatural. She was The way she moved was like, way too fast the other ones are all lumbering around like they're wearing like sumo suits and this one's like a giant tinkerbell i i feel like one like this movie wasn't bad i didn't hate it it was fun for what it was you just had to like expect it to have no point because it wasn't there wasn't but uh the one thing i was disappointed in was the cgi in this movie because the robots the 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 practical puppet robots look great the Mm -hmm. cgi versions of them were horrible yeah, they they were they fell down on that. For five million dollars. I know you only made four hundred thousand dollars, but you know, you didn't know you were only gonna make that much. You could have done a better job. It's only in one room. If all five if they spent five million dollars because like ninety percent of it was Nick Cage's money, mm-hmm. that makes sense then actually. If he got like four of that five million dollars, really they filmed this money movie for one million dollars and a rented out like Pizza Hut or something. <laughs> Yeah, no, the bulk of that money was definitely Nicolas Cage's salary. But I guess I, I, I just didn't, I didn't like how they tried so hard to put so much plot into it. Because really, the girl burning down the place was kind of enough. We didn't need to have like 
the subplot of all her friends there, but I understand that Nicolas Cage just walking around hitting things with sticks for 90 minutes isn't really like no, a honestly, sustainable story. It probably could have been. If you cut out the friends and you only had Liv on her own, like she tried to burn it down, she noticed the guy, her mom's the sheriff, she went in to help him, called her mom instead of having somebody else call her, you could have cut out a whole part of the plot that was stupid. Because her wanting to destroy it makes sense. It killed her parents. The other kids are just there. They seem to not give a fuck about it. They seem to be like on board with burning the building, but I don't know if they actually believe the animatronic thing. Because they didn't seem super gung-ho about it. Yeah, but what's weird is because it seems like the whole town, aside from the new deputy, know about it. It's implied that there was a whole meeting between the town and the animatronics. Because at one point the animatronics did go off on their own. So what it what like what was the what was this movie though? It was, like it was genre just, wise, like can you? I, it wasn't a horror movie. It wasn't no, really it was like an action black comedy. Yeah, that's fair. Because it wasn't it wasn't even really sci fi. It had like the elements of horror and sci fi, but that was only to explain the plot. It wasn't necessarily to like freak anybody out or scare. If they anybody. were if they would just confess that this is based off of a video game, it would just make sense to call it a video game movie but you can't because they won't admit that they based it off a video game where i'm pretty sure that's the plot i've never played that game uh i've never played it either i've never done like horror survival but like it's a horror survival game in movie form well yeah but no horror survival like outlast in those games you never actually attack what's chasing you you just run away from it and shit so i'm pretty sure five nights of Freddy's like that too so like nick cage breaks the rules because it's always puzzle games, and there's no puzzle. It's it's like it's like if someone were to play a horror, survi- horror survival game, and then instead of doing the puzzles, they found a gun and just shot their way out of it. That's like me when I play a video game, and you're supposed to complete the mission by being stealth, and then um, I trip over like one thing and just bash my way through the level. That's well, you remember Matt? No, I don't remember Matt from Blockbuster. I remember Blockbuster Matt. Yes, I'm kidding. So uh, we, we played the Hitman game together at one point and he would do everything super yeah. stealthy. And then I was like, dude, if you kill every single person, you get the same outcome. Yeah, you don't have to be stealthy if they're all dead. So. But he got so mad because we were on the riverboat one and it took about three hours. I ran out of bullets and I had to strangle the rest of the people on the boat. But I killed like 200 people <laughs> <laughs> in order to be stealthy. Nice, nice, nice. How different would this movie have been if Nicolas Cage was doing stealth the whole time? It would have been boring. How different would this movie have been if he was just doing puzzles? It's like, oh, I gotta solve the puzzle to get into the the fun time room or whatever the fuck it was called so that I can clean that one. He has to get a high score on the pinball machine for the doors to open. How about the fact that like the bad guys at the end were like so pumped that he actually did get it clean? They were mad. Because they lost the Camaro, but it's a Camaro. It like, and the, uh... Yeah. And he's like, oh shit, we can open this up now. <laughs> like, it just, It's weird to me that nobody thought, hey, we can take on seven animatronic things that are apparently just as breakable as a human body. But yeah, if not easier, like he broke the shit. Like, he punched one to death. It's a robot. Like He shouldn't have been able to. I'm not sure what he did to the alligator. He like broke its jaw open, reached inside, and yanked something out. Yeah. But I don't know what he 
yanked out. I, uh, what was your favorite, if you had one, you probably did. What was your favorite moment? I can't say line because Nicolas Cage didn't say anything, but my my least favorite line was when Liv says like, uh, what did she say? He's not trapped in here with them. They're trapped in here with him, which was like an obvious nod to Watchmen. I think my favorite part is at the end when like the Mexican turtle is either like armless or whatever, but it's like walking down the street and he just like blasts through it with his car. But like right before he does, it's like, Oh fuck. Like that turtle gave up on its serial killer. And it was like, I'm done after everything that I just went through, which what's funny is like, there's, they, they don't leave, but somehow more than one of them is outside during this whole fight. But why did they leave? Why would you, if you're there to get this sacrifice, and this sacrifice is fucking up your friends. You would think instead of being like, let's just one at a time, this guy, they would go together. But then there was like the fairies, like, I'm going to go outside and like set the building on fire because that's what I'm going to do now. And then the turtle was just like, I'm going to go eat the deputy for no reason. Let's talk about Nicolas Cage's um, or he's in the credits as the janitor because we never find out his name. Are we going to talk about his awesome pinball skills or like his obsession? I was going to say, let's talk about his idiosyncrasies. Yeah. All right. So you like to mention how good he is at cleaning, but how about the fact that in reality, if you were to take a break every 15 <laughs> minutes in an eight hour period, you probably wouldn't get a lot done. Well, that depends on how you use your time. I love that it was just, he took a break just long enough to win a game of pinball and dance a little bit. Like towards the end, it got like really crazy with the dancing and the freaking out about how good he was at pinball. My favorite part of that whole thing is like, he's with Liv and they're getting ready to fight the weird tongue monster. I'm really a nice animatronic monster one. And they're getting ready to go toe to toe with this thing. And his like watch goes off and he's like, oh shit. Uh, I gotta go. So he like hands the girl a box cutter and leaves the room. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't give a shit about other people's lives or anything. He's like, it's soda time. Like for like a little bit when I was really convinced that this was just a five nights at Freddy like movie. Uh, I was like, are these power ups? Is that what it is? Like he has to drink these in order to like <laughs> sustain his fight. But then he doesn't just go half his energy drink. He like goes in the other room, drinks it, plays an entire game of pinball, uh, is this dances? one where there's like the montage of yeah, like him dancing and just doing Nick Cage stuff? Which, yeah, that whole thing was apparently improvised according to the trivia for this one. Makes absolute sense. And then he like goes back like, I hope that girl's still alive, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she's like on the brink of being defeated when he arrives back. And then he's just like, oh, let me do this one quick thing and kill this. But like, I guess what was the, because his watch goes off, right? I can understand if he had a watch set to like drink the energy drink, but the playing pinball thing is new. He didn't have a pinball machine in his Camaro. So at like what point did that become an absolutely like necessary part of his ritual? When he discovered it in the very beginning, when the text guy is like, don't forget to enjoy your breaks or whatever. And you can have anything that's in the kitchen, which was full of rotten food and garbage. And the only thing that was in the kitchen that was functioning was a pinball machine. Why is there a pinball machine in the kitchen? Why can't we just ask that question? If you are running a giant arcade, why are you going to leave a video game gaming anything in the room where you need your employees to be working? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
my okay one of my one of my other favorite parts of this movie is when the sheriff is like outside babysitting the building to make sure Nicolas Cage dies <laughs> and he just killed another one of the animatronic monsters and he has to clean up after himself so he like bags it up in a heavy duty black trash bag and he carries it out to the dumpster drops it in and sort of just like puts one hand up and awkwardly w- waves at the sheriff before going back inside yeah like she didn't just like have him on his knees with a shotgun to his head he's just like hey Mm-hmm. Still doing me over here. Don't don't worry, I'll still clean up. I got this. Is Nicolas Cage a method actor? Yes. No, he's super method, I'm pretty sure. I'm I almost guarantee he probably did. Does that mean he didn't speak to any of his like co-stars? What or... happened to his hair? Like I know it's not the first time that someone's asked that question, but like his hair is so weird now. Dude, he's probably been bald for the last twenty years. He should probably just embrace it, like like Prince William? I wasn't going to say that. He he embraced it in a weird way. I was thinking more like Bruce Willis, who just keeps his hair short. Well, I just meant like people who realize it's okay to be bald because a lot of people go bald and that nobody looks at anybody who's bald and goes, ew, gross. But when you see a toupee, everybody talks about a bad toupee. For real. Everybody's like, man, why are you faking like you got hair, loser? Like Jason Statham, probably the best example of like, male pattern baldness and still managing to be attractive and just not give a shit. Yeah, have you seen the movies where he's had hair and it's like, this is worse. Yeah, no, it's weird. Like, but he's, I mean, he's been rocking bald for like, even back in like lock stock and two smoking barrels. That's from like 1998. He was bald in that. No, you could tell that when it's in a movie and he has to wear a wig, it's the choice of whoever made it, not him. Yeah. I was watching Clint Howard talk about that the other day. He's like, every time I wore a toupee, it's because the, the director wanted me to have hair in that movie. Clint Howard was in things other than Happy Days. Are you kidding? Are you talking about Ron Howard or Clint Howard? I'm talking about Ron Howard. I'm Ron Howard is him. actually mostly a, a, a director. director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I thought I was wrong when I was saying it, but then for whatever reason, I swapped him in my brain. Anyway, so this movie, 10 out of 10. I loved it. I put it up there with, with Shoot 'em Up, and like, you can't watch this movie. For any other reason than you just want to watch a whole bunch of dumb violence. Well, what was your favorite moment of dumb violence? Told you. Mexican turtle. When he was like, oh, fuck. And then got ran over. Well, does that count, though? Because it's animatronic violence. I meant of like a human getting fucked up. Probably the scene with the chameleon thing that's like, don't worry. I'm your friend. And then the dude's like, oh, cool. I'm going to be like. You're a friend, and then like the girl walks in, and then immediately he just gets like his head ripped off by the tongue or whatever. Yeah, the chameleon thing convinced him that she wanted him to kill her to put her out of her misery. Because he even said, "Like I can send you on your way." Yeah, that was a good one. Really, you didn't like love the scene where the sheriff is standing there going, "Willie, it's all okay. He's sorry. I'm gonna hold him here with my shotgun." And then Willie walks up behind her and like swats her once and like knocks her entire torso off. No, I mean if we're going with like like human speaking lines or whatever, uh, right after Nick Cage waves to the sheriff and she's like, "What the fuck?" or whatever, (laughs) she's like, "That son of a bitch," and she like freaks out and then runs back inside. That was a good part. She's always the lady that freaks out. She's the one that tried to like get off the bus in speed and then they blew up the secondary bomb by the door and she got run over. Nice. I don't know. There's a lot of fun in this movie. So like I don't know I don't know what you mean. Like I could just pick out a bunch of fun scenes. 
fact that these two are banging and this alligator's just watching and they have no worries about it whatsoever. I think they did. Even though they literally just watched one of their friends get murdered. I mean, overall. They did see it because the girl looks at it and the dude's just like, it's fine. Maybe they thought it wasn't moving? Was it standing still? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They were all standing still at one point. They should know the mythology of this place enough to know. They know know the mythology. I'm 90% sure that happened after the knight killed their friend in front of them. Then everybody split up, and that's when they went in there. I'm pretty sure that's the order of things. And in that case, that is not the time. (laughs) And it once again shows that the friendship really didn't mean anything in this movie. I don't even remember which character that was, because there was just another guy. Like, there was those two, Liv, the dude that wanted her, and there was another guy who completely didn't matter that we completely forgot about. Well, that was the guy whose only job was to stand there telling the other guy he's never going to get that. And then got stabbed first. He's that was first like his dead. only... Let's see, because... Was it Dan? I have no idea, man. I don't, there's people in the credits that I don't recognize. There's like Dan and Aaron, and I don't, I don't know who they were. So, I, I mean, I had fun with it. Nicolas Cage playing pinball and like just chugging these energy drinks was great. I love at the end, though. The girl, her, her mother, quote-unquote, uh, the sheriff is dead. She has no friends in this place. She doesn't know where to go. And her first decision is, I'm going to get in the car with this weird-ass dude who hasn't said a single word to me the entire time, and we're going to drive off into the sunset. Who may or may not left me to die at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't say a single word to her, but his timer goes off, and he gets ready to drink his fruit punch, and he goes, you know what? I'm going to give this to her. And just silently passes her the can, and then she drinks it. And it's like, now they're, they're best friends forever. <laughs> I loved parts of it, but there was a lot of this movie where it was like, I hated all her friends. They didn't need to exist. This is one of those movies where you hate the entire movie, but you like it for like the stupidness that's happening. You can't like this movie for plot. You can't watch this movie and expect this to be a good movie that like teaches you something. It's a fun movie that you can like talk during. You have to shut off yourself when you're watching this movie in order to enjoy any part of it. And you have to think about how don't think about how like logically inconsistent every aspect of the movie is and just just go with it who cares that nicholas cage just punched a robot to death like it's it's fine well i just don't understand how on the one hand willie is strong enough to like swat the sheriff once and knock her entire body in half blood shooting out like a geyser and then like doesn't knock nicholas cage's head off when he punches him in the face he he saw him as a worthy adversary and wanted to give him a chance. Is that what you do with a worthy adversary? You dumb yourself down and let them beat on you? Yes. <laughs> well, either way, I'll, I'll give it the same score I gave Body Melt, uh, two out of four, because not the best plot, but I had fun watching it absolutely will not give it the same score that i gave body melt i'm gonna give this a three because i laughed a bunch and even though there's no plot i understood what was happening i okay i mean i did understand what was happening more than in body melt but it didn't increase my enjoyment knowing what was going on (laughs) let me put it that way because what was going on in this movie was super simplistic yeah they were it was sacrificing not to to demons or the devil but to Basically, five Chuckies. Who sold their soul to the devil in some type of ritual. 
that's why I said Chucky's. This is essentially the same thing. But instead of a little doll, it's fun land animatronics. It's Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. But it's not Five Nights at Freddy's. It's not Five Nights at Freddy's. Well, because it's only one day. But it felt like forever, though. No, it didn't. I felt like this was a pretty short movie. I could have. No, I mean, I like the length of time he was there. It felt like he was oh, there. Oh, for forever. real. It was definitely like. Because it was daytime when he went in. And it was daytime when he left. It was absolutely like a 12 hour shift. Why were these things waiting like two and a half hours before attacking him again? What were if they the doing? The plan was that he was going to die and no one's ever survived before. Why did sex show back up in the morning with his car? No, no, that was, he was bringing it to the other guy. But why would they meet there? I don't know. They did show him repeatedly going in there after there, there's no reason for them to go there. Honestly, if they would have just done bad guy stuff and just went off, we're like, ha ha, he's dead. Never worry about this again. A, it would fit this movie that they just disappeared and we never heard from them again. B, it, they wouldn't have died because <laughs> they only died because the fairy decided to blow the building up that she lived in. Yeah, that was a weird one, too. Does she die in the end somehow? Like, is she fine? Like, she just leaves. She's fine. She died. Did she? She was on top of their car when it blew up. Okay. She blew up with the car and the two other D-bags. The D-bags. How dare you almost say shower in French. Anyway, everybody, so if you ever get a flat tire and someone proposes that you clean their Chuck E. Cheese or whatever to get your tire repaired, probably say no, unless you're Nicolas Cage and you don't speak and you have a whole bunch of energy drinks. Also, horror movie tip. If you're stranded out in the middle of nowhere, and like, I don't care if it's like you're stopping at the human centipede guy's house to ask for directions or whatever, if it's that bad, you can drive on your rims. Just go slow. (laughs) A flat tire doesn't mean that your car doesn't work anymore. It just means that it's dangerous to drive. You drive on your rims, you're probably going to bend them a little bit, but that's better than getting your mouth sewed to somebody else's asshole. Just saying. Bye. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bearded B-Roll and look for us anywhere you find podcasts. Check out our website, beardedbroll.com for info and links to merch. And remember to email us with ideas and suggestions at beardedbroll at gmail.com. And check out our Discord. Say bye again. Bye.